Welcome back to Album Archaeology, where today we will be concluding the first act of Vertigo. Leading up to this point, we've heard the songs Take Care and Start End, which introduced us to our main character, his world, relationship, struggles, and desires. We saw the turmoil of his external reality spur the monster, the personification of the voice in our heads that skews thoughts, who provokes anxiety and insecurity. After fending off the monster, the relationship that had, until that point, been breaking at the seams, finally came to an end with wings. When the bond the two shared had been broken, we heard Eden tell a tale reminiscent of the Greek story of Icarus, about a prisoner who escaped his tower on a pair of wings that were constructed from wax and feather. Daedalus, Icarus's father who constructed the wings, told his son not to fly too close to the sea, where the wax would dissolve in the water, and not too close to the sun, where the wax would melt. In a line that was seemingly inspired by Daedalus's words, Eden sang, You can find me where the sea pours into the stars, the perfect middle ground between these two dangers. We recognize that the horizon, where the sea meets the stars, is not a tangible destination, but rather an idealized representation of the career in music that he wishes to have. The horizon also proved to be a metaphor for the stability Eden wishes to reach throughout this album, because being able to tell up from down and balance the two would cure his sense of vertigo. By the conclusion of Wings, all seemed resolved, but then the final line was changed from some say these things are for the best to for better or worse, which left the song on an ominous note. In what way could Eden's flight be for the worst? Throughout Icarus, an answer to this, as well as the question, have we forgotten what we want, will be uncovered. Now, without further ado, let's dig in. As we hear the sound of Eden's hand sliding off the guitar on wings, we are immediately met by the track's most notable feature, the shift in instrumentation. Throughout the songs that came before, there has been a blend of natural instruments, like guitars, strings, and piano, with electronic textures that serve as embellishments. In Icarus, however, there are no natural instruments to be found, and instead, we hear a wavy, rocky, musical landscape. The soundscape of the song being purely electronic feels like a throwback to Eden's early career, where EDM was his main musical output. The production seems fitting given the fact that within the narrative, Icarus is Eden's first endeavor into the career that he had only dreamt of previously. So this is how I die now. Hands to the air. No, they can't stop the sky falling down. Cause I thought that I'd feel good somehow And all you know is up a side And I feel like you ain't going down After being met with crisp claps and a glitchy synth We are immediately immersed in Icarus By the disarmingly blunt line So this is how I die now Given the ominous send-off of Wings, the shift in tone is not unexpected, however, the directness of the line is. This is then followed by the line, Hands to the Air, 
which evokes a series of images that are all thematically relevant. Throwing one's hands to the air can at once be a signal of surrender, consistent with the first line in which Eden seems to have accepted that he is going to die. However, it also evokes the image of a celebration, or, as will be revealed, a concert. While the interpretation of surrender is significant, I believe that at this point in the song it is secondary to the concert interpretation, as the latter will become a greater point of focus throughout the beginnings of the song. By placing images of an inevitable death side by side with the image of a concert crowd with their hands thrown to the sky, Eden establishes the central tension of the song, a tension between Eden and a life of touring. The verse continues, No, they can't stop the sky falling down, with the they likely referring to the crowd. Even with all of their hands to the sky, they cannot hold it up, as its crash down to earth is inevitable. This line refers to the sky is falling, an idiom that indicates someone making an irrational claim that some catastrophic disaster will occur. If we take this reading, we can understand that the character of Eden being set up on this song has become paranoid of some grand disaster, but with the sparse context that we have been given thus far, this remains mere speculation. The sky is falling line could also be seen as a reference to the opening of wings, where the sky was seen as an inevitability that must be embraced, no matter what it throws humanity's way. In a similar vein, Eden seems to be embracing the sky falling down, as it would ultimately be fruitless for the crowd to try and stop it. The song continues, providing us with some context as to how Eden ended up feeling this way, as he sings, Guess I thought that I'd feel good somehow, when all you know is up, it's hard not to feel like you ain't going down. Reading these lines through the lens of Eden's desires, they refer to his rise in the music industry and the sense of fragility that has come with his new status as any blow to this would make him feel like everything he has worked towards is over. This line speaks to an exaggerated response, and by blowing this moment out of proportion, it is clear that Eden is still far from achieving the level of stability he thought he could on wings. These final lines also utilized the technique of word painting, where the music is comprised to reflect the words being said. In this case, when singing the line, When all you know is up, an ascending melody is sung, and on the words, it's hard not to feel like you ain't going down, the melody descends, with the lowest note being sung on the word down. Due to the mysterious impetus behind the lines contained within the first verse, the ominous tone that was given by the first line of wings is furthered, and will continue on as the second verse begins. Disappear through the silence yeah. Screams fade and blur Conversate with a smile though Life invisible Guess I thought that I'd feel better now Somehow Any Through the second verse, we are able to receive more context for when the song is taking place and the struggles that Eden is dealing with. Recall that within the song Take Care, we were able to draw many parallels to the contents of the song Wake Up from 2015, and thus we can assume that Take Care through to Wings took place around this time. During Icarus's line, disappearing through the silence, the sample of a crowd could be heard, which was recorded during the Futurebound tour for the 2016 I Think You Think Too Much of Me EP. This tour took place from September 7th to November 26th, 2016, so the crowd sample thus hints at a shift forwards in time where we see that the place where the sea meets the stars was indeed idealized. 
This jump forwards explains the jarringly quick disillusionment Eden is having with his career, as just one song ago he fantasized about it as some ethereal paradise. From this sample, recorded a year and a half and one tour later, it is revealed that these feelings may not have immediately emerged, but rather have been building and mutating throughout that time. From the verse's opening line and the next, Screams Fade and Blur, we are given a description of the numbness that Eden feels now that his dreams have become a reality. He sings about becoming desensitized to the crowd's screams as they fade and blur in his mind. Despite the overwhelming sensation of numbness, we hear that Eden wears a hollow smile during conversations, not letting others know that his dissatisfaction has been taking a toll on him. Following this comes the line, Life Invisible. While a tad ambiguous, this may speak to the feeling of Eden's personal life being exposed to screaming crowds, leading to a sense of transparency. It may also be a claim that his work is taking precedence over his personal life, making the latter feel invisible in comparison. He goes on to say, Guess I thought that I'd feel better now, after finding success, but this is clearly not the case. Throughout this verse, we have been able to gain further insight into Eden's mindset during this time, and luckily for us, we can gain even more as he discussed this period in the third installment of his annual 365 Times series. In 365 times 22, released at the end of 2017, he said, um, It wasn't really the live shows I played that were important, but more so some of the things I learned while out there. Uh, I realized I wasn't taking myself into consideration. I was playing shows to please people and to entertain them and forgot to make sure that I enjoyed it, and that I got to feel something more than used afterwards. And it was just a small shift of mindset, but I'm so much better for it. Eden further reflected on the feelings contained in Icarus in a Reddit Ask Me Anything post, in which he said, quote, I wrote Icarus in one day, the first day I got home from tour. I think everyone goes through phases of placing their worth in other things or in goals, and eventually it will fail to fulfill you. Whatever music success or things in my personal life that I had pined for and then gotten didn't make me feel better about myself. It's all a process. The goal is balance. End quote. Through these quotes, we can empathize with the disillusionment Eden has as his passions have left him feeling unfulfilled and lost as a result. The final line of the quote I just read, the goal is balance, is the key to understanding how Eden was able to identify his personal story with the myth of Icarus. As we heard in Wings, the place where the sea pours into the stars lies directly between the two dangers that Daedalus warned his son about. The key to surviving is finding the balance between these dangers, which is something that Icarus failed to do. After Daedalus crafted their wings, him and Icarus took flight, an experience that exhilarated Icarus. Despite his father's warnings, the boy ascended, unable to regulate himself enough to retain balance between the sky and the sea. The story concludes as Icarus flies too close to the sun, where his wax wings melt, and he falls back down to earth. Icarus. I can't escape this fall, fall, land in reverse, fall in reverse. The verse that came before this concluded with two transitionary lyrics, anyhow, so now. This transition sounds like a shrug of the shoulders before Eden declares himself to be Icarus, 
as he nonchalantly surrenders himself to the character's fate, surrenders to the belief that his fall is inevitable. Throughout the pre-chorus, we shift back in time, as the following line helps us to understand which part of Icarus's story we are currently hearing. Though the line, No, I can't escape this fall, may make it sound as if he were currently falling, this is contradicted by the next line, Falling in Reverse. While this line serves as a name drop of the final track on the album, giving the whole project a greater sense of connectivity, it also shows us that we are not about to hear Icarus's fall. We are instead about to hear his ascension. So how are you gonna scream my name when I get full of God? I've nothing left to give you I'm so The chorus reflects many of the things discussed in the excerpts from both the 365x22 video and the Reddit post that we discussed earlier, elaborating upon the feeling of helplessness and despair that we know Eden felt while on tour. The first iteration of the chorus is likely addressing the audience that Eden was playing to during this tour, evident from the crowd sample heard earlier. The chorus opens, asking, So how you gonna scream my name when I gave all I got? To me, this brings to mind the image of a crowd cheering their entertainer's name for an encore after a show, calling them back out to perform just one more song. Feeling beaten down enough already, Eden says that he already gave the crowd his everything, that he has nothing left to give them. All of this once again brings to mind the excerpt that we heard in the 365x22 video, primarily the line, quote, I was playing shows to please people and to entertain them, and I forgot to make sure that I enjoyed it that I got to feel something more than used afterwards, end quote. The scene that has been set by the beginning of this passage leaves Eden feeling burnt out and lost. While feeling burnt out is consistent with what we heard previously, the feeling of being lost speaks to a cumulative sense of disillusionment, as the dream that Eden has been chasing is not what he hoped it would be. This leads the listener to wonder, now that he's gone all in on his dream, sacrificing everything in the process, what is he supposed to do now? Continuing the subject matter of the opening verse, Eden sings about a feeling of monotony with the line, cause it all just feels the same. When the screams of a crowd begin to fade and blur as Eden previously said, a person is left with nothing but silence, which leaves in its wake a feeling of sameness in every situation. This is followed by the line, I got all I want, I had you where I wanted, expressing that his initial desire was for an audience to enjoy his art. Despite receiving this, it doesn't feel like enough once again bringing to mind parallels between his story and that of Icarus. Icarus, too, was given what he wanted, freedom from his tower. However, this wasn't enough. Icarus became consumed with his pride, flying higher and higher despite his father's wishes, merely because he possessed the ability to do so. Similarly, Eden was given everything he thought he wanted, but it still didn't feel like enough. Perhaps he too will try to fly higher in order to satisfy his desire and fill the void that he feels. Before doing so, Eden blames himself for his inability to appreciate what he has with the line, 
I guess I don't know how to live with a good thing and not break it into nothing. This type of thinking has been heard previously on the album, with Eden, or more specifically the voice in his head, blaming himself in order to provoke unsavory emotions. Because of this, I believe that we are hearing the re-emergence of the monster, who is suppressed by Eden in start-end. Seeing as how the monster emerged before, when Eden was faced with numerous stressors, it seems fitting that in this moment, when Eden is vulnerable once again, the monster decides to return. This brings to light the question of who will win out this time, and what approach will they take to solve Eden's problem. Will they look to the root of the issue like Eden did before, or look to end it as quickly as possible through the monster's problematic methods? The following line seems to provide an answer to these questions, as he sings, self-destruct just to feel, or so it goes. This worrisome proposition seems to suggest that the monster seeks to put a quick end to the feeling of monotony by causing Eden to engage in self-destructive behavior, but just how he will go about inflicting this is unclear. Just as Icarus wasn't able to find satisfaction between the sea and the stars, it seems as though the monster will make Eden fly higher and higher, eliminating the ideal balance. With this decision made, it seems that Eden is all but guaranteed to lose sight of up from down once more, worsening his vertigo rather than remedying it. All of this is reflected by the instrumental that builds beneath Eden's voice, which becomes increasingly distorted as the chorus comes to its climax, before dropping out suddenly on the final line. In the opening moments of the song, the synths were clean, but as the song progressed and Eden became increasingly distressed, the distortion of the synths grew as well. In the instrumental break we just heard, the distortion grew greater and greater, and while it will taper off, the synths will never reach the same clarity they had in the song's opening moments. This distortion thus draws parallels to the flight of Icarus, where the greater distortion represents an increase in altitude as we get closer and closer to the sun. If we are able to make this connection, then there may be a reason that the song's instrumental is largely EDM-inspired, because both the story of Icarus and electronic dance music have the same trademark feature, the drop. As we heard, however, this drop has not yet come, as both Eden and the instrumental seem to have stabilized between the chorus and the third verse, which is felt as the synth crescendo dissipates. So tell me how you want me here now Keep crying on the phone, yeah, that's all I seem to hear now The third verse opens with a clip of more concert audio, and in the background, we can hear Eden say, Thank you so much, guys, in response to the crowd's screams. Because of what we learned in the chorus, we can recognize that this thank you is empty, a large-scale equivalent to the smile that he said he was faking in the second verse. This thank you seems to be conclusive, though, as the focus of the song shifts from the audience 
through details regarding Eden's personal life during this time. He begins by discussing the phone calls that he has been receiving from someone. While the person on the other end of the line is ambiguous, I think the strongest and most consistent interpretation is that they are his family or friends, his support system. No matter who you imagine, though, the ambiguous person at the other end of the line is emblematic of the life that Eden left behind to pursue his career. With the line, so tell me how you want me here now, the person seems to be telling Eden that they miss him, but Eden portrays this message as cold and distant rather than affectionate and warm as we might expect. This is continued with the line, keep crying on the phone, that's all I seem to hear now, which feels disconnected, as if he were waiting for them to be finished crying rather than consoling them. Interacting with this person in this way could be seen as the self-destructive behavior that was discussed at the end of the chorus, because alienating or pushing away one's social support systems is one of the main examples of self-sabotage. Reflecting the way in which Eden is pushing these people away, there are glitches in the instrumental that were not previously present, emblematic of the malfunctioning nature of his emotional stability, as another's support is pushed away. From here, we hear more of the monster's hallmark ability to provoke and expose paranoia and anxieties. Keep lying through your teeth, lie to me, lie with me In the following line, the monster continues to sever Eden's ties to his support system, as he tells the other person, keep lying through your teeth. The word keep suggests that this individual was lying to him previously, perhaps when they said that they missed him and wished he could come back home. The monster is thus breeding mistrust so as to further isolate Eden from people who could help him retain stability, accomplishing the goal of self-sabotage. This mistrust is further expanded upon as he first tells them, lie to me, lie with me now, which indicates that Eden is lying to this other person as well, perhaps by claiming that he is doing well in order to prevent them from inquiring further. On the line, lie with me now, a distorted effect is placed upon the vocals, calling back to take care when he created the sound of a voice coming through a phone speaker, a fitting parallel given the content of this verse. The effect on his voice helps these lyrics to transition to the words of the next passage, an excerpt from Eden's 365x21, released in 2016 a month after the Future Bound tour had ended. Within the video, this quote is prefaced by Eden discussing how he wants to progress past the end credit stage of his career, and how he feels as though I think you think too much of me has got him halfway there. Um, I'm, I know you've probably like read this or heard this or in some fucking interview or something I've done or live stream before, but like, I feel for a long time I felt in the same place as end credits. Uh, you know, and so, I think you think too much of me was one way to get around that, but I really, you know, I just have, I just want to progress past, I feel like I have, I'm, I'm halfway there, but it's like, shit, I haven't really been doing anything for the last year, and I, I've been saying that I've been doing a shit ton, but like, in terms of, I don't know, last, oh, last year I've been living with my fucking, miles in the sky, not really in it, I guess. Um, it's good to just get back, back down to earth. Within this clip, Eden discusses his feeling of being creatively stagnant, unable to move on to the next part of his career, 
getting in his own way by living in his head 1,000 miles in the sky. While it initially seems as though Eden is saying these words to the person on the other side of the phone, the distortion may be a sign that this is instead what he wants to say, but feels that he can't. Feeling discontentment, feeling as though he has been riding the breeze of his early career for too long, Eden wishes to fly just a bit higher, push himself a little further, to see if he can turn these feelings around. In contrast to the verses that came before, the fourth sees Eden not putting on a smile or lying about how he is actually feeling, but confessing that something is actually wrong. He begins by saying, So tell me how you really feel now. Ain't been asked that in a while. Too often, there is a knee-jerk response to the question, How are you? with, I'm good because we recognize this question as a conversational formality rather than a legitimate inquiry into a person's well-being. If one does actually want to know how a person is doing, they will press further with the question, how are you really feeling? But Eden has not been asked this follow-up question for a while. The voice in his head has led him to push away those closest to him, those who would be concerned enough to dig deeper. Despite rejecting his support system, Eden now hopes that someone will hear him out if he tells them that something is wrong. And in the following lines, we hear their response. With the first line that we heard, it would seem as though Eden told someone the truth when they asked how he is. This confession was met with the reply, Just keep at it, bro. These things always seem to fix themselves somehow. While a fine sentiment on paper, this response is lacking in true empathy, likely because the person giving this response is not well acquainted with Eden, at least not to the point where they could provide substantial support. A quote from Eden, given in an interview with V Magazine, confirms the way in which we have been coloring this interaction as he seems to be reflecting on a scenario just like this one. He said, quote, The entire album, in a way, is about small moments, and how sometimes they can feel absolutely, monstrously big, like making a mountain out of a molehill, and something small or insignificant can be a really big deal for you, and other people can sometimes disregard it, or you can sometimes be like, okay, shut up, that's just not a big deal, but it can still be a big deal, even if it's not the end of the world, end quote. From everything we have heard building throughout this song, this clearly is a very big deal, as a series of molehills have culminated into a mountain. When reflecting on the journey of the song so far, we can understand that Eden has painted himself into this corner, as he is self-sabotaged to the point where there is no one there to help and empathize with him when he needs it most. Following this, we hear, Suck it up, someone kill just to stand where you're standing now. While this could be seen as a second response to Eden saying how he actually feels, I think it is more likely the monster's interpretation of the first reply, as it spins the unempathetic response to be actively malicious. Either way, the second response clearly holds more weight in Eden's mind, as the final words, standing now, begin to ring out endlessly, manipulated to the point where they are nearly unintelligible. Due to the way in which the instrumental has been reflective of Eden's mind throughout the song, it is clear that the suck-it-up response is pushing him past his limits, 
making him feel even more distressed. He is told that he shouldn't complain about his problems, but instead should feel lucky that he has the opportunity to experience them in the first place. Following this last-ditch effort to reach out, the fall of Icarus truly does seem inevitable. There is now no one stopping him from flying too close to the sun. In this incredibly tense section, we hear the synth sounds that were relatively calm and clear in the beginning of the song become gruesome and distorted, as if Eden were flying into dark skies, the wind howling around his ears, bolts of lightning crashing down around him. The blaring instrumental swallows the words, Icarus, no I can't escape this fall, Eden's final surrender to the fate of Icarus. The additional lines, falling in reverse, can be heard in the background of the final chorus, but they are nearly drowned out past the point of identification. In the back of the mix, the attentive listener can still hear the word reverse sung in the same falsetto as it was in the first iteration, but this high note is then taken and extended beyond phonetic recognition before being modulated to become another part of the instrumentation. So how are you gonna scream my name when I can't Now that he has fully embraced his role as Icarus, seeing no way of escaping his fate, there are slight variations to the chorus that serve to make his statements more conclusive. The first significant modification comes by way of the line, Cause fuck it, it all feels the same, which is far more authoritative than the previous iteration, cause it all just feels the same. This change does not make room for an alternative to this feeling of monotony, as Eden believes that everything feels the same, and that's just the way it will always be. The line, I had you where I wanted, which we previously interpreted to be about people filling the seats at his concert, is changed to, I thought that I'd feel something. This changed version is a continuation of the old line, reflecting on how he thought seeing people attending these shows would break up the monotony he feels, but as we heard in the second verse, their screams just fade and blur. The assertive shift is carried on to the next line, guess I'll never know how to live with a good thing, which changed from the previous chorus is, I guess I don't know how to live with a good thing, a version of the line which left room for him to learn. When reflecting on this good thing before, Eden said, guess I don't know how to live with a good thing and not break it into nothing. In the final chorus, however, not knowing how to live with a good thing led him to fuck his life up for nothing. The line, self-destruct just to feel, is absent from the final version of the chorus. However, its sentiment rings out into the final lines, as the monster has convinced him that this is all there is. It is here where the wax on Icarus's wings begins to melt, causing a steady stream of wax to plummet down to the earth beneath him. It is here where the instrumentation and chorus that has been building up higher and higher suddenly drops out, and Icarus is suspended in the air in the seconds before gravity can get its grasp on him. 
It is here where Icarus gives one final shout to the skies before accepting his fate. This final line of the chorus is a cumulative statement for all of the struggles that Eden faced during his tour. Whether it was the shows leaving him feeling drained and creatively stagnant, people from back home calling him over the phone, or an unidentified third party that doesn't empathize with the struggles he is facing, he is surrounded by people that will call upon him whenever they feel they need him, but he feels he has no one to call for himself. He had to keep searching for more, as all of these wants left him feeling unfulfilled, prompting the monster in his head to re-emerge. During the descent that follows the melting of his wings, we return to the scene that played out at the beginning of the song. Only now, we understand all of the factors that led him to this point. Having experienced the full flight of Icarus, the repetition of the opening verse is placed in an entirely new light. When these lines were first heard, we took note of the idiom, the sky is falling, and suggested that these claims were irrational, blown out of proportion. On the other side of Icarus's tail, however, we can see that this fall was more serious in its dangers than we gave it credit for. When we hear, so this is how I die now, hands to the air, we no longer imagine a screaming crowd with their hands over their heads, but instead, we see Eden falling, the rush of the wind beneath him propelling his hands into the heavens from which he descended. Hands to the air solely triggers the thought of someone signaling their surrender, passing their agency off to fate. The use of the word they in the line, no they can't stop that sky falling down, can now be expanded beyond those in the crowd who drained him, but also those back home who didn't push hard enough to find out how he really felt, or those who didn't understand enough to help him when he did reach out. While none of these individuals can truly be blamed for their actions, their antagonization can be seen as scapegoating being conducted by the monster, as it passes the blame off to others instead of evaluating the internal root of the issue. The acceptance of an inevitable, catastrophic event like the sky falling can be seen as the voice in Eden's head continuing to divert blame. It wasn't his fault that he couldn't find satisfaction. It was inevitable. With the final lines, the storm that pervaded the track's final minutes disappears, leaving behind less aggressive tones which highlight the lines in Icarus's last moments. The final line, I thought that I'd feel better now, by now, is an alteration from the previous final line, I thought that I'd feel better now, so now. The words, so now, served to bridge the second verse to the chorus, whereas, by now, is a far more conclusive statement, given the moment before Icarus crashes into the sea. As Icarus falls beneath the waves, sinking down under the depths, we get the sense that he has reached a point of no return. He cannot let the voice get the best of him again, because though this blow will not prove to be lethal, the next one could be.
As he sinks down to the sea floor, he knows that he must make crucial alterations to his character if he ever wants to breathe again. In such a case, the water that envelops him seems to be a fitting metaphor, because while it has the potential to drown him, it can simultaneously symbolize a baptism, a rebirth, an opportunity for him to begin again. Conclusion Vertigo's fifth track, Icarus, saw the turbulent flight of the titled character, and how a myriad of different factors all came together to contribute to his fall. Throughout the near seven-minute runtime, we heard the musical landscape become increasingly distorted, synchronizing itself with Eden's state of mind throughout the track. Despite realizing his passions, Eden still began to feel creatively, emotionally, and physically drained causing him to extend himself further and further until he reached his breaking points. But wasn't this career what he has desired since the beginning of Act 1? Where did he go wrong? Both of these questions lead to our discussion of Icarus's related line in the opening song. Have we forgotten what we want? Within the first act of Vertigo, we may feel this question points to the career that lay where the sea pours into the stars as the destination that Eden lost sight of. However, I don't think this is quite right. Because he didn't forget what he wanted. What he wanted was not enough. He was doomed to fall from the beginning. Instead, I think we must take the start approach, as these roots run deeper than we know. The use of an electronic backdrop in this song paid homage to the beginnings of Eden's musical production, and as we heard, it grew distorted to the point where it was nearly unrecognizable. Because of all of this, I believe that what Eden forgot was something he wanted before the beginning of Vertigo's first act, before 2015. Something way back when he was producing music on his family computer. These humble beginnings are where we will transition for our second act, as Eden will engage in a re-examination of his roots, looking back to the start of all of this in order to discover why he lost his way. But that's something that we will have to dig into next time on Album Archaeology. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Album Archaeology. The intro and outro music was created by Drew Kostinak. If you want to look into any of the sources I drew on today, you can find all of them linked in the description, and you can find me on social media by looking up Album Arc Pod. I'll talk to you next time.